When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Tales with TR, episode 98A. This might be the only one this week. I'm going to try to do another one tomorrow. We got Robbie Schrempf coming real soon. I can't wait. That guy's a magician. I've always been a fan since he played junior. Thanks to Ken Reed last week. And uh, I was, like I said, I was going to do Robbie Shrimp this week. But uh, I had a great time in Nashville with my buddies. And on, on the last day, I got my phone stolen and my cards. And it was just an, an absolute nightmare. Um. I don't even, it's, it was just, uh, they saw me coming. A, a couple of us, few of us got, uh, unfortunately, had those things happen, but I had no um, lock on my phone. So can you imagine the anxiety? Okay, for me, that's, that's what hangovers really are. I mean, I, I don't mind the headache. I deal with that. It's the anxiety. Okay, so we're on a five-day bender. We're in Nashville. We're staying right next to Broadway, for those who know what I'm talking about. So we're, like, right on the strip. Um, and I had my yeah, two bank cards tap on each and uh, my credit card. All told, between two and three thousand bucks it was slightly more than that, but I, I know I got at least a few of the charges removed. And then, but the worst was the phone, because it happened and we had to leave. I had no time to do anything. I, even down there, I'm, I'm sure I could have gone, you know, I don't know, used a payphone or is there, are there any payphones anymore? Or at least one of the boys, right? It got bored their phone and sorted my life out. 
But this happened right before I had to leave to get the plane. So I just had to go to the airport. I couldn't sign in. So someone out there had my phone again with no lock on it with. I mean. Just think about that. Let's just think not about me. Let's just think about, I don't know, people like with they're looking at it. Jason Momoa's phone number, Ron McClain, Don Cherry, that probably wouldn't matter. But, you know. I don't know. Jim fucking Cuddy or whoever it is like, it's not good that I they people trust me with their phone numbers. Some of them are recognizable names to some people in the general public, I guess you could say. And. Having their private numbers out there. And there's probably people listening to this that are now, oh, fuck, man, Terry, what are you doing? But I, <clears throat> again, I learned my lesson. I went out and got a new phone here. I got facial recognition and pattern on it. But um, so and I, so we were traveling and it would be broken up a little bit. So me, myself and Andrew Usnick, we, we went to the used to be in a band called 10 Second Epic. Check it out. And he's actually our buddy that had been down. But we, he plays hockey, too. So we we go out and play these charity tournaments. Um, what it was, before I go any further, Taran Samwitz, one of my best buddies. If you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know who I'm talking about. He's been on three or four times. Um, and Sam Mann had a bunch of his buddies go down, and he wanted us all to spend a weekend together. It was his 50th birthday party. So we all went down there. A lot of them were ex-Tri-City Americans where I played. But again, I played with Sam Mann in 99, 2000 in St. John's, but I was 23, Sam Men was 29, right? So, and that's the way the A is like that. It, whereas, so the boys played in junior, what I'm saying is, but I didn't necessarily play with them. I knew who they all were. I knew Terry Degner is one of the biggest legends in Tri-City history. Uh, top 30, no big deal. Welcome to the club. Um, and, uh, you know, I just never really met him other than skate twice at U of A, which was we didn't really meet. We just kind of went out there playing shinny. Terry Virtue, uh, just a minor league legend who played a few five games up top, fought. Uh, Bob Probert, that's his claim to fame. Uh, you know, Colin Ruck used to play and try and I'd forgotten that that was again before my time. But when I got to Tri-City, you know, you see on the walls, all the pictures of the players that have played there over the years. And so meeting those guys was not only important, it was, it was a thrill for me. And I'd played against Virtue. I just never really, you know, he's, he's played in the minors a long time. I really met him. So anyway, that's what we were down there. It was a great thing. We had at Sandman got, I mean, took care of most of it. At, at his, we were just walking around. I was following the lead. Honestly, and we went to a Predators game, which was awesome. We ran into all kinds of people from, Canada. I mean, I was really surprised at that, how big hockey is down there and how many meaning indirectly. There was a lot of the fans down there that had, had seen spitting chickens or whatever. So I'm not kidding. I'd say at least five places that we went, we run into people. And it wasn't just people recognizing me that happened from chicklets, I'm sure. But there were like literally the very first day we sat down, there was a bunch of people from Hershey, Pennsylvania, and three of us had played for the Hershey Bears. That's what I mean. They were just hockey fans. There was actual hockey fans there we ran into from Kennewick, from Tri-Cities, that recognized all of us. Um, and then, of course, at the Nashville game, there was all kinds of connections there. I mean, everybody gets together to watch hockey and music city. You're going to run into some common denominators. But uh, that, that blew me away how big the Predators are. And, and wherever we went, especially Kid Rock's bar, all the bars are kind of lined up. Kid Rocks, Dirk Bentley's, Luke Bryant's, Miranda Lambert's, Jason Aldean's, right? They, a lot of the country stars have bars there that are that are rocking. So, but I mean, one of the first ones, everybody said, if it's music you want, you got to go to Kid's, Kid Rock's place because he hires the best. I mean, and that's really hard. I, I don't really know if I agree with that because after seeing everything, there was amazing bands everywhere. I didn't see anybody let me down at all but um it, 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 kid rocks was the most hockey fans that i came across um so anyway we were all down there for a great reason it was a lot of fun i certainly needed the break sandman needed the break a lot of the boys 
the timing was great. I mean, some were going through a divorce. Um, you know, a lot, a lot just moved for work and hadn't seen their buddies in a while. And a lot just wanted to have a good time, you know? The life, the, the nine to five is a grind, as we all know. Most of the people I'm talking to now would like to go to Nashville for a trip. So that's what it was. But anyway, I had all that, I had all that stolen on the last day. So when we, you know, I got to the airport, Andrew's there. Hey, can I use your phone? Right. Then I'd phone home. Can you do me a favor? Um, we had game seven here with the Caps loss last night, the Clamville. Good luck to those guys. It was great. Game seven overtime loss. But, you know, so I had to like, and I couldn't get into my Facebook messages because it was telling me we'll send a verification code to your phone. So whoever had my phone, it was a catch 22. The whole reason I wanted to change the passwords was because they couldn't see my messages. And, um, you know, that was this. And I had to fly all the way home, knowing that the next time I can do anything about this is Tuesday morning at the Bell Alliance store in St. John's. Right. Because I was flying. I couldn't do anything about it. Uh, I, I just I ran into people, Alan Doyle, Alan Hawko, big Newfoundland names there. Um, and of course, Alan Doyle's in Great Big Sea, for those that don't know. And Alan Hawko played Jake Doyle, amongst other things. He's in Jack Ryan now, the big uh, series down in the States. But anyway, big buddies, big time musician, big time actor, great fellas. Um, got to the airport. Right. I just happened to run into them. Hawk, can I use your phone for a second? Right. Call my mom. Mom, uh, call the boys, tell them I'm home tomorrow and then hang up the phone. See somebody else. Uh, you know, can I uh, strike up a conversation with the lady next to me on the plane? And I was like, you know, before we take off, do you mind if I try to log into my Facebook from your phone? The whole time it's not letting me do it. And then when I finally get in there yesterday, I see that I've got a lot of messages that are new, but. Um, they're, they've been looked at. So to say I felt uneasy, and I still feel a bit uneasy, but today my life feels like it's coming back together. Try putting all this together after a five-day bender. Try that. Holy shit. The, the fucking anxiety I had on that plane on the way back could have killed a moose. I was exhausted, obviously. I could not sleep. The... When I get anxiety, it gets so bad when at the worst of it, I can't. I don't know if anybody can identify this with this, but I feel it in my joints. Like I feel my elbows, my wrists, my knees. For some reason, I have to keep moving. Like I've, it's almost like someone with, and I don't want to underestimate um, any diseases or, or you know, afflictions that people that are uh, you know unfortunate enough to to have happened to them I, I i don't want to disrespect that but what i'm saying is that when i see people with parkinson's it kind of reminds me I, I mean i hope i don't have early onset early set parkinson's whatever it's called but this has been happening to me my whole life i've always gotten anxiety but it's like, I got to keep moving. I got to keep bending. Like I've seen Michael J. Fox when I think it's Parkinson's, right? I don't want to be ignorant to a disease. And I certainly not one that I don't have, right? Because I can't really relate. I'm just saying when I see those people speak in an interview and they have to keep moving, that's what I feel like when I have anxiety to that level. Uh, every hangover is kind of like that. So I really, I can totally see someday this drinking coming to an end. Um, but anyway, it was the worst yesterday. I'm stuck on a plane. I'm, I'm just up floating around in the sky and I have to just wait, 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 right? Usually you don't like waiting in the passport line or waiting to get on a flight. You don't like waiting for the flight, you know, at a six hour layover in Toronto. You don't like waiting for any of that. People don't like waiting, waiting at the doctor's office. Why wait? You know, their life's too short. At the end of life, we're going to look back and everybody will have waited a couple of years of their lives for something. Well, what's worse than that is waiting when you can do nothing, knowing that your whole life is being invaded and you can't do anything about it for another 10 hours or whatever. And hopefully by the time you do, then everything that you know hasn't been stolen, ripped off, shared. Now, for those out there worried, now I do have my phone. I, I changed all my passwords, shut my phone off. 
you know, for a while there was, uh, I don't know, and all the incriminating pictures and, and everything else. And all, it taught me a few lessons, A, to back up my shit, because I got back here and I don't have anybody's number. Of course, in this day and age of social media, I'll get it. But do you know the fucking hours I'm going to have to put into this now? Right. It's just a fucking hassle. Every single person that I try to get a hold of, I'm going to have to say, I know it's Instagram, but can you send me your number just in case for next time? And on top of that, everybody doesn't have Instagram, like my bank, like my 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 real estate agent, like my actually he does. But certain people I'm not in contact, like my mortgage specialist shit. Sounds really, you know, more important than it is. I, I've got I'm getting one mortgage. It starts next week. But but anyway, you know what I'm saying? It was crazy the last few days. I feel like I've missed a week of my life, but I wouldn't have done it for or with anybody else. Um, that was great. I really hope that we all get to, to, to do that again. And it was a unique group that I'd always wanted to meet, and they're real tight. You know, you, I'm 45 years old. You get to this point in your life and the buddies that you have, for better or worse, have either been there forever or they're, you know, they, they enjoy the experience to you. I think you're still trying to find yourself, you know, when you're younger. That changes for everybody. But for me, the friends I have now, although the nucleus is the same kind of people it was in my 20s, I've cut the fat, right? I've cut the grizzle out. The people that wanted me just for tickets. And by the way, that still fucking happens all the time. If you're going to message me, just I don't want any more. Can I have tickets to the Canadians? I'm not that person. I'm going to have to start being mean. Fuck me. Every day, 30 messages. I'm starting to get sick of it. I don't want Instagram, Facebook or anything. Fuck. Um. Sorry to go off, but I've just got a couple messages lately that are a little bit too fucking much. No, I can't get your free tickets to a fucking Habs game because I played there two decades ago. And if I could, I'd give it to a fucking sick kid or someone else because I get all kinds of those messages, too. And you got to prioritize, I guess, the people that you don't know who they fucking are. And I spend five hours out of each fucking day. I swear to you, I swear to you. Well, you know what? At least three, but sometimes five dealing with messages from people that I don't know. Right. And, and, and then you get back to them and they, they send you another message saying, well, you know, if you can't get tickets this time, maybe next time. And then you're like, Jesus. And as soon as I get back, this happened yesterday. Listen, man, a the Canadians are in the playoffs. I know I can't get you Leafs tickets because I played for the St. John's team a couple of decades ago. But, you know, if, if you're ever around that, I'm, I have a book signing or something like that. Sure. I'll sign you a book and I'll always have pictures and cards on me. If you see me doing an event in public, like I don't want to fuck anybody over. So I'll do that. And you know what he says? Well, listen, how about this? If the Leafs make the second round, I'm going to be in Toronto, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I want a fucking Leafs ticket. I don't know what people think. Like you just play a few games in the NHL and all of a sudden you have access to every club in North America and every sport in the fucking box. And I hate doing this because there are people that really need the help. There are people that are my friends that I can't even see their messages because I'm bogged down with, you know, just, oh, can I, can, Terry, can I have this? Can I have this? And the worst, you know, the 80% of the people in my life are great. But it's just some of them, I, I don't know, some of these messages I get. I don't know what you think I can do. And don't get me fucking wrong. Like I said, I'll do whatever I can. But I think asking people for free tickets that you don't know, you know and, and be basically like, you know, okay, you can't get them then, then, but then when can you get them for me? What can you do for me, Terry? Fuck. Like I said, man, you got a, you got a, a team out there, a, a kid's team or something that, that, and you're in St. John's especially, I'll drive to the fucking rink and I'll go out on the ice and skate around with them and sign autographs. I don't mind doing that. It's part of my personality. I really don't mind. I'm not, I'm not trying to promote myself. I'm not, I get it. I know what it was like when I was a kid. And I know what John Slaney meant to me. And my dad's buddies and even the junior team that he coached and Pat O'Keefe and all these fucking guys. I mean, I, I looked up to them more than anybody. Like, like Gila Fleur. 
So I get it. That's why I want to be there for kids and hockey fans in general. You don't have to be like under 10. There's no like, you know, age limit to ride this train. I'm just saying that. Yeah, some of the messages can get ignorant and almost give me an ultimatum at times. And I'm, I'm sick of it. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Where the fuck was I? Um, that was a rant, but it got to be had. If, if even five people out there go, you know what? I'm not going to ask Terry for tickets to the Toronto game. If, if you fucking know me and you're one of my buddies, this is all different. And we're going there together. Right? I know every time I do this, I come off as an asshole, but I, I really don't want to be. I got to say something. I'm not spitting chiclets. I don't have someone handling my messages. I don't have anything, and I'm comfortable. Yes, the Hockey Podcast Network are great to me. I love them all. Uh, Dylan and Isha, and, uh, you know, it's a very, they, they've got a family built. And, of course, they produce my show. You know, I finish it here. I send it off to Vancouver. The boys add the music if I want anything edited. Not usually the case. What you're usually listening to is just straight through. I'm saying that's 90% of the time. Once in a while, I might go, you know what? That sounded a little so-and-so, you know, it sounded a little cocky, egotistical or chauvinistic, whatever it might be. You know, sometimes I, I edit and talking about, but listen, I love all of you for listening to my show and everything. I'm not talking to 95, 99% of you, right? Because thousands of people listen to this. It's not. And a lot of the messages are in support. I'm not, I'm, I'm, don't get me fucking wrong, but I think every, I think I've made myself clear now. That being said, uh, I got to paint a picture, I guess, Nashville. Um, it was, Nashville blew me away. I, I think it might have been, I, I hate to say this after every trip. Oh, it's the best trip I've ever been on, right? I said that after Vegas. I said that after we went to Switzerland and, and, and I played ball hockey and, 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 you know, or wherever. I just remember saying it a lot in my life, but without taking a huge bite out of that burger, I will say it's very unique. It's one of the best trips I've ever been on, not only because of the company, but I love music. And each bar had three levels, at least other than the one bar we went to, which the classic, you know, the classic dive bar Tootsie's, which was a lot of fun. But the other bars, I mean, it, if there wasn't three live bands, there was five. This sounds crazy. I know it does. But you walk around the corner and there's a no, whole, whole nother room with people playing music. And you'd think all country music because we're in Nashville. But it wasn't the case. I mean, it was mostly country music and it was mostly party country music. But, you know, we're talking like 60 percent, not. Yeah, like, you know, we, I walked into a jazz bar. Now, I'm not saying we were live. That was unique. A lot of rock and roll, right? A lot of people were playing ACDC and as the day went on or whatever, Bob Seger, you know, they kind of. And if you picture country bands doing that, it kind of, you know, it was all sounded like country rock. I'm just saying, like. You know, a couple bars, I went into a Kid Rocks and the guy did a, a Beatle or a Beatles set. Yeah. Now it was twang. A fiddle came out. Uh, my favorite moment of the whole time. As far as just seeing a band, I was walking around. So we were with a group and the boys were moving like fucking snails, too. So I would go off. I'd say, look, I'll run out, see if lay the land at the next place, try to get us some chairs and then I'll text you and you meet me. Right. Because if we were all moving as a group of 10 or 12. Oh, Sean Thornton was there, too. My good buddy. Fuck. And, and Hubie Hutton from home. Um, Got to mention that. But, you know, again, so there's like 12, 13 of us. All together and. And that would change. People were coming in and out, but the nucleus of us was, say, a dozen. And they're going so slow. So that's what I would do. So I went out. And, and anyway, I'm sitting down next to this guy. And one band was finishing, and another band was about to go on. And again, I'm in Whiskey Bent, which is, I, I loved it. I loved that bar. Um, I often just kind of snuck over there by myself because you were right on top of the band, and they just happened to be playing what I wanted to hear all the time. So, at least it seemed that way. So I went in and 
I said, wow, that was one of the best bands I've seen. You know, that, that was a great time. And the guy's next to me and he said, my name is Johnny and I'm a fiddle player too. And I went, now, some of you will recognize those line, that line. And it's from uh, a Charlie Daniels band song called The Devil Went Down to Georgia. And it's one of my favorite country songs ever. It's so unique. I know 90% of you have been, uh, or, or, or sorry, will know, I'm still daydreaming. I'm still like the hangover is not completely gone as far as cobwebs. But uh, yeah, you'll know, most of you'll know. I mean, it's one of the most famous fiddle rock songs anyway, ever, if not the biggest, uh, written in 1979, I believe. There's my music recommendation this week. Check out the Charlie Daniels band, but start, start with that song. I just find it so unique. It doesn't follow a pattern and they're really just showing off their instruments, right? And the lyrics are all about the devil in Georgia and he comes across this guy, Johnny, and they have a, a fiddle competition for lack of a better way to put it. I'm butchering the explanation, but that's what happens, right? And I, I mean, I even studied it in folklore. It, it's got a, a folklore root about it, like a real story. And I don't want to ruin it for you, but Johnny's the hero and the devil ends up giving a, a fiddle of gold to Johnny because that's one of the lines. I'll bet a fiddle of gold against your soul. I say I'm better than you. And anyway, the song goes on. It's in segments. Anyway, the guy next to me, he's the one that's up next. And he said, yeah, my name's Johnny and I'm a fiddle player, too. So he fucking got his cowboy hat on. He gets up on stage. And the first song they go into is the devil went down to Georgia. And he said, I'm going to put my own, I'm my own spin on this song. And he starts playing the fiddle and just walking around the bar, like up on, up on the bar and, you know, and he's, everybody's quite into it. And I'm just going, this is fucking wild. Like, and again, this is probably, I, I, probably a little later, but this stuff was happening at noon at 10 AM. It starts, you go for breakfast and there's live music. And I mean, not put you to sleep. Like let's get into the day slowly music. Like immediately you shook me all night long. Like it's something else. It's something else. Uh, and uh, I hit the Patsy Cline. I just love Patsy Cline. I, I always have. Um, I hit the Patsy Cline Museum and the Johnny Cash Museum. I, I, I expected to see what was in the Johnny Cash Museum. It was quite entertaining. I had goosebumps, you know, old letters that he would send to his buddies. One's there to Buddy Holly, who not really his buddy, I guess. I didn't even really knew they, they know each other, but he's got and, 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 and um, Roy Orbison. Um, he's got a diary there. I'm trying to put, I'm trying to put all my memories together because uh, it, because it was overwhelming. And again, I, all my pictures are gone because my phone. So I put a few on Instagram. They were more stories of me being loaded. I'll get that into, into that in a second. But the, uh, Yeah, it, it, it was amazing. So I'm going by memory, but, you know, the Johnny Cash Hurt video, it had the, the little statue. What do you call the statue of just the head? Whatever that is. They had that, and then they had the throne that he sits in, or he calls it his throne. Um, in the video, it, it was moving. But the Patsy Cline Museum, see, my mom grew up. I mean, my dad is mostly the influence musically for me because I was around him mostly when he was playing it, for lack of a better way to put it. Right. Like I would come down here to listen to music with that. I would never come out to mom and go, mom, let's listen to the help album by the Beatles. Right. But. She would have Patsy Klein on a lot. So like making, you know, here in Newfoundland, you know, you get up, you have your tea, you have your toast, maybe a Towton. And and a lot of people, you know, breakfast is, is tea and a, and a bicky, tea and a biscuit and, or Towton, whatever you're going to do at least in our household. And, you know, my Nan was around a lot when I was real young and uh, we'd be at her cabin or whatever. And, and, you know, they just have the, the record player playing subtly in the background, but a lot of the time it was Patsy Cline and Patsy Cline also has a really distinct style, like her dresses and her, her look. It's a classic fifties songstress look as far as I'm, it's classic fifties, like Pleasantville, Dare me to say housewife. I, I, I don't, I, that word might even be too much. No, housewife, but there are fucking housewives. Okay. There are, especially back then. There was a lot, a lot of the, like it or not, 
life was a lot of the man going to work, like leave it to Beaver coming home. Girl got the supper all made, uh, you know, before they watched their two hours of TV or color TV that just came out at night. And, you know, you got the boy and the girl. You know, they go to school and they're growing up Daisy. You know, it's that kind of 50s structure. The 50s was very structuralist. Right. Meaning within those not, not much went outside of those boundaries. Right. No one talked about sex. Um, right. That's why the 60s, the Stones and the Beatles and, and their lyrics, even the Stones, let's spend the night together at first. Was banned from they couldn't say it when they went on Ed Sullivan. They had to say, let's spend some time together. So at one point you couldn't say, let's spend the night together. And now you can say, fuck my ass. You know, like I, it's, it's unbelievable. But anyway, now I'm a, I'm not knocking today for being able to say whatever you want. I'm a free speech guy. So, you know, you don't want, you don't want to buy it. You don't have to buy it. You, you want to shield your kid from it. Well, you know, you can do that to a point when they turn 13 or 14, they're going to know who Cardi B or fucking my age group, two live crew, whoever it is, NWA, listen to those lyrics, but they meant something, right? Some lyrics are shittier than others become a good fucking have good taste, I guess. Listen to everything you can. And that leads to someone, you know, experience leads to better taste or whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm almost saying back then, can you imagine that you couldn't say, let's spend the night together? That's insane to me. So before that, you couldn't even really fucking refer to it a lot of the time, right? Um, like people were still wearing blackface and that was normal, right? The world was very much. Well, it was structured and. You know, I don't think minorities and, and, and women. Were. How did I get into this? Definitely, you know, not as as respected socially. Is that something I can say? But even, you know, so that part's obvious. And, you know, that brings in, you know, racism and. Oh, God. Uh, chauvinism and. But what I'm saying is that there was even to me an alienation of free speech, right? With, with free speech and people that opened the door for a lot of civil rights, I think. I think it just went hand in hand, right? If you can't have free speech fully, then how can you go out and advocate for rights of black people or Chinese people or women or whatever it might be? Any marginalized group. I'm talking about the 50s in the United States, so I'm talking about those subjects. But, you know, there was almost a war on the freedom of words. No one really talks about it, but that was the case. So Patsy Cline and, you know, with a, with some of her lyrics and, and the fact, again, any woman that was real big at the time had to really break down some barriers there. And, you know, she she died early. And, and but anyway, I got to give anything away. It was 1950. But there's a movie called Sweet Dreams. I think Jessica Lange was uh, nominated for the for the Academy Award and she does do an incredible job. But my point in all this was that when I grew up, I thought Patsy Cline was alive and I would see pictures of her and I thought she was pretty. You know, when you're real young and you don't know what sexual lust or feeling is, you know, you just you know that that's someone that I like more than this person. And even though I like this person who might be, let's say, Wayne Gretzky, I love watching him score, but I'm not really worried about him taking his hockey equipment off. <laughs> But for some reason, I'm seeing this person and I, I want that to happen. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really butchering it. But, you know, we all have those feelings when we're younger. You know, those two years of like, what is this? Like before you. Like after you can get a heart on, but before you've jerked off, that's a real. Ignorant way to say it, but. It's true. So the movie came out a few years uh, I was probably five or six, I guess. But I, I hadn't seen it. I know that they loved it, and it was called Sweet Dreams. And my favorite songs, I don't know, I Fall to Pieces, Sweet Dreams. They're, they're probably my favorite, too. Um, crazy. What a song crazy is. But anyway, so I grew up with the women in my life, my, my grandmother, my mother, and a lot of people that they knew. Because, again, you know, they're my age now, when my mom was. Or fuck no, she was 30 odd. But anyway, you know, I, 
I just didn't know. I finally watched the movie when I was like 11. I'm like, what the fuck is this? The plane goes into the side of a building or, or mountain, whatever I have. Just gave away the end of the movie if you haven't seen Sweet Dreams. But newsflash, Patsy Cline's been dead for over half a century. So anyway, I didn't know that. So it was devastating to me. So a lot of my first memories musically are with Pat, at least with my mom, is almost all Patsy Cline or Buddy Holly. Right. She liked the 50s stuff. And uh, dad wasn't as big. He started in the 60s, but at least with his. Love of music, but mom. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, she uh, Patsy Cline meant a lot to my childhood, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. It was one of the first times I dealt with death. Right. Again, I thought she was like a Newfoundlander. I thought she was playing down to like Memorial Stadium. I don't know. People are talking about Patsy Cline. My, my mom dresses like her. Uh, you know, she's got music on the radio. Meanwhile, it was just records we were playing. I don't know. I thought it was the radio. I thought it was relevant. Anyway, so it meant a lot to me to go in there. And it's really done. And the other thing I was thinking is like, how, what can they do? Like, are there that many people? I guess Nashville's the place that are still into Patsy Cline. You know, like I can see Elvis. I can see like Lubbock, where Buddy Holly's from, kind of out you know, out there, there's not much else going on in Lubbock. So, yeah, of course, we flub it in the middle of Nashville of all the artists for, for the Patsy Cline to have her own museum. And I only saw that in the Johnny Cash Museum. It's not like the Chris Christopherson Museum is there. Right. I didn't see the Waylon Jennings Museum. So that was wild. And. Uh, you know, they had their living room from the 50s all set up the same way it was and, you know, our favorite little milkshake shop you know they had that a room in that kind of not renovated but reproduced um and just some cool artifacts uh that weren't just patsy klein but represented music in the 50s and how nashville kind of got underway and it was all interesting it was all great uh the the predators game was it blew my mind how popular they are down there and um you know, especially to trans Samwith. First of all, to trans Samwith. I love you. You're one of my best friends. And that, without getting right into it, a few things happened. Like I said, guys, I lost my wallet. I lost everything. And, you know, and, and a lot, I'm telling you that um, some is personal, and I, and I don't want to get into it, but just, like, you, you need people. A lot of people I'm talking to, you, you know, of, of the messages I, I do um, appreciate and I understand I identify with is people that have mental health issues. Because I, I, I keep saying, I think everybody has massive mental health issues. I, I could be wrong, but people that face adversity, some people are, are bad way to put it as weak minded, but they might have a, have a period of weak mindedness. I, I know I do all the time. And, you know, people like, if I didn't have people like Taran Samwith in my life, it would be a lot different. The trajectory would have been a lot different. Not just now, not just what he did for me in Nashville or last month or whatever. But I mean, like, since I met him when I was 23, I guess I would have been. So, 22. Um, and the people, what I, what I meant about as you get older and you know your friends, some change, some come and go, but you have a nucleus. I, I was meeting his nucleus of friends that have stuck with him, that are good. So a good person like Sam, man, that does these good things that he did for me and, and that he does for so many other people, it's positive karma. Again, I, I always refer to the fact that I'm not religious, but there's something to that spirit. There's a spirituality to what I'm talking about, for sure. I can see eye to eye with those. And I trust, like trust is everything. Trust and respect. Isn't trust everything? Like if you can trust somebody, you know, if you can trust somebody, then so much goes with that, right? Uh, the, you kind of lose this expectation or, or um, I don't know, expectation is not the word, but when you can trust somebody, I think a lot of other things fall in line. I'm not questioning as much. I'm, I'm confident. I'm. There's no middleman as far as thoughts go, 
right? It's just Sandman said it, I'm doing it. Uh, and I don't mean just meet him in Nashville. I mean, if he came to me and said, listen, dude, we got to, I'll tell you in a minute, jump in the car. You got to come with me. I would never question why I was doing it. Uh, and, uh, you know, what I saw is a bunch of people that were like that. I haven't built up their trust yet because, but I know that Sam man having lived as long as he has and having had these people that he shared the same experience experience with as he did with myself, then of course they're all going to be good people. And when you have 10 or 12 good people together, it creates for an unbelievable atmosphere and time and positive energy all around. So first of all, to Sam, man, thank you to no end. I love you. And I will be there for you until we are both six feet under. I mean that. Now, as far as the crew goes, and it was great, I'd love to mention everybody, but I have to thank a couple, okay? Because after I lost my, my stuff, I didn't have any money to get back, right? I didn't have anything. So outside of Sandman, once again, giving me 100 bones for the trip, um, when I got to the airport, I realized I needed more because I had to pay for my luggage, first of all. And I had nothing. I had a slow tablet. This tra tablet is like 10 years old. It's really slow. I only use it for movies. That's it. For the last four or five years, I've only used it for movies. Probably eight years old. The first time I heard about a tablet, it's that old. So, and it's really slow. So I, I, I had to get a charger for it, though. So at least I had something, right? Now, it turns out it was all for not anyway, because I couldn't get into any of my stuff to change the passwords. Right. I had Facebook and Instagram on my tablet, but I couldn't get into either. And every time I kept saying trying, it said we send a verification to your phone number. So anyway, I need a lot more money than I thought I needed. And. Uh, Marshall Cronwit, am I saying that right, Marshall? I know you're listening. Marshall Cronwit. That's just what I thought. It's either that or Cronowit. Um, and a pretty accomplished hockey player, too, has been to eight Allen Cups. I'd be surprised at that. Um, But anyhow, Marshall and Andrew Usnick and Terry Degner, they all lent me money in the airport, enough to get home and enough to eat well. I didn't eat A&W. Those who have been to the Toronto airport, you know, there's a lot of options. Well, Andrew and I sat down and we got a great meal. Uh, he paid for it. And then he left. I was at the airport for six hours. Then the boys showed up and Terry and... Uh, Marshall both lent me enough money to get home and get a cab to my parents' house, move into my spot next week, which is another reason I, I needed the money, right? Like I, I'm, I'm doing a lot better now. With, I'm doing better in life, mom. No, I mean, I'm, you know, I had some financial struggles there for a while, but I'm doing a lot better, but you know, I just bought a house. So I got to figure that out. Everything that goes with that, you know, like the, I, it's not, it's unfurnished. I put no thought into this. So it's not, it's unfurnished. Uh, it's fucking needs a bit of weight. It's, it's structure's all good. It's perfect to, to move into. It's tiny. It's only 650 square feet. Picture that. It's basically a little cabin. I got it for uh, just over a hundred. I got it for a hundred thousand and change, man, here in St. John's. I don't mind being open and honest about that. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it, but uh, it was a bad time to get everything stolen and all that money. Is, it's just a bad time. So the boys knew that. And they really helped me out. So, guys, I'm inviting you to George Street Festival, uh, each and every one of you. And uh, I can return the favor that way. You come into my territory, and we were going to get together any, once anyway. Someone said, you know, we should do this every two years. And I said, we should do this every year. Why don't we do this every year? And then Sam said, let's fucking do it every six months. So, look, in August is the George Street Festival. People that are from... Newfoundland, basically Canada, know what I'm talking about. If you don't look it up, it's a great time to be here. Having been to Nashville and Vegas and, you know, I can't wait soon. I'm going to take in Austin for sure. Shout out Skinny Anderson. Uh, but I do feel like having seen a lot of places now, especially Nashville, that George Street is kind of like a mini Nashville. I don't want to insult. We don't have 
the, the live music is great here. It, it's some of the best in Canada. It, it's not even fucking close to Nashville. But I just mean with the setup. Nashville, you got Broadway Street and, and George Street's up. Broadway might be a little bit longer, but I don't at least the main part I'm talking about. But I don't think so. It's, it's, a, it's pretty much George Street, except the bars are like bigger. There's five bands in every place, you know, three to five bands as opposed to one. But I just find that the, the, the atmosphere feels similar. Right? You can walk down Water Street. You're kind of getting the beat on the, the city that you're in with with all bars and restaurants, all the main ones, like right in a row. Then, you know, you don't have to worry about shit. You just go out and you're out. You don't have to get a cab all over town. You don't have to. Even when I say these museums, they were right on the strip. So. Just off the strip, but, you know, 30 second walk. So. I do. Uh, I think if you guys like that, then you'll love the George Street Festival for a lot of reasons. It's a beautiful time to come to St. John's. The weather is at the best at the end of July and in the summer. And there's uh, there's other things to get out and do and see at the time. Right. There's uh, the icebergs might be gone by then. But then again, nowadays, you never know. There was plenty in July last year. Uh, but it's just a nice time to get out and hike. And uh, I find our springs can be tough because icebergs, when they start, right, think about people people think just all atlantic canada has icebergs but it doesn't uh and even in newfoundland they're generally you're seeing them in the same parts because they're floating down from greenland so like saint john's is obvious they're gonna if you know your geography i'm five minutes from the northeast north uh, east the easternmost point in north america so with that right and then you got from the north, these icebergs crack off and they float by. So they're beautiful because you'll often see seals on the icebergs. And I'm sure the seals are chasing the cod and the whale are probably the whales are uh, chasing all of the above. And it makes for an interesting and beautiful scene. And the, the East Coast Trail is a hike all along. Like, right. I mean, like. I'm guessing like 100 miles, if you really want, you, you can go from in here all the way out to the southern shore in here being St. John's. Uh, and it's kind of a, a, a loop. Like, I, it's not a straight line. You, you have the Avalon Peninsula. You kind of follow that all the way around on some form of the uh, uh, what's East Coast Trail or another. But it's just a great time to come. And uh, if you're into fishing or any of that, you know, it's, it's all there. So, boys, I'm offering it to you. And... My my house is tiny, but at least one of you can stay with me. And uh, hey, more than Mary, if you want to put up a house, a, a tent in the backyard. Uh, but outside of that, I will set you guys up. I do have ways to set you guys up. A lot of that involves bars on George Street and restaurants. But there's boat tours. There's all kinds of stuff. And I promise each and every one of you, especially the guys that went out of their way to give me money that barely know me. Uh, I. I challenge each one of you to meet me here at the end of July slash the early part of August. Okay, I've been on here a while and I've been just rambling and there hasn't been much hockey talk at all. All I've told you about is my trip to Nashville. So every week I put out, now I'm going to put out, I have been putting out an A and a B. So this will be episode 98A. I hope to have someone on tomorrow. I, whereas I lost my phone and everything, I was going to have Robbie Shrimp, but, you know, if I got to back it up till Saturday, I might as just do well do this one, maybe one tomorrow with my dad or something. And then I'll have, uh, get back to the, uh, you know, one every Tuesday, one every Thursday kind of thing. And our next guest for next week will definitely be Robbie Shrimp. Like I said, uh, I actually got to take off. I'm getting a text there now. Finally, I forgot what it was like uh, to go up and uh, pick up my daughter in a half hour from school. So I will leave you with I know I always leave you guys with uh, a couple of big albums that I that are important to me and that I think you'll like. Let's just say, look, check out the Charlie Daniels band. Uh, uh, start with the devil went down to Georgia. Just check the greatest. hits. just a fun Fun Southern band and uh, Southern rock. I really in enjoyed listening to their cover songs and it kind of got me back into them again while I was down there. I listened to their uh, greatest hits. Um, so check that out. And hell, 
Speaking of Alan Doyle, I hadn't seen him in a while. Ran into the airport. Check out his stuff, man. He's great. Uh, if you if you don't know Great Big C, just start there. And that's my heritage. If, if you don't know Newfoundland and Great Big C, then uh, check that out. And uh, that's the music locally that I grew up with. Uh, like it or love it. Like it or hate it. Uh, I really like Great Big C. And Alan is uh, underrated. He's popular. He's popular. I'm not saying he's an under, not un- underpopularized guy. But the, the, the feeling of the shanties and, you know, the uh, Lukey's boat is baited green, army boys, right? Those are traditional songs. And, and, and they do it. And Great Big C do a good job. Run, Run Away is another favorite. Uh, but, you know, Alan particularly, I, I don't know all the boys like I know Alan. They've been broken up now for 10 years. But Alan is, I, you know, he's a, he's a songwriter. He's great at what he does. He just knows what makes the people. He knows what make the, makes the people respond to his music so a lot of them are party style songs but don't mistake that for poor writing he's playing to an audience he's doing a great job and he writes a lot of songs for other people in a lot of different genres alan doyle check it out great big c check it out thanks for tuning in again apologies on the tardiness um and uh you know what i said earlier about people sending me messages please if you're a good person and you're and you're uh you know, you listen to this show. I really appreciate the time and energy that you d- dedicate to this. Uh, I just got a couple of disheartening messages lately, and uh, I don't want to be specific. I don't think people deserve that, but uh, disheartening to say the least. And uh, that's why I wanted to bring it up. But uh, by all means, keep please, please keep listening. If you see that I'm coming to your town and I'm going to be doing that quite a bit, you know, traveling. For different reasons, Shorzy's coming up soon too. Uh, you know, please stop in and say hi. I'm a personable and, and I'm, I'm a social guy. Uh, just sometimes it gets overwhelming if, uh, especially if people start taking advantage of that. I don't like it. So, listen, it's been great. Thank you very much. That's my trip to Nashville. Tune in again tomorrow. I might have to have my dad on. Might not have senior on again. Let's see what he thinks of the uh, basketball and the uh, NHL playoffs. A much more sports-oriented show tomorrow. This has been episode 98A of Tales with Tierra. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, Terry Ryan, and I'll see you all again next week. Cheers! Cheers!